Have you ever heard of elimination communication? I certainly had not until about two, two or three years ago. I got a message on Instagram when I shared about the potty training consultant and how she could help you. That's Allison Jandu, for those of you who are not sure. Um, When I shared about her, I had one person message me back and say, I would really appreciate it if you would talk about elimination communication as an option for potty training. And I was like, sure what is that? I'd never heard of it before. And at this time, I I, I obviously had my two daughters. My oldest at the time was um, six. And so I knew like, okay, this is something I'd never heard of before. Let's look into it. Well, it turns out there is someone who is quite the expert on elimination communication or EC. And we have her on the podcast today. Today, we are talking to Andrea Olson of Go Diaper Free. So if you go to Google or you go to Instagram, just search Go Diaper free and you will find her there. Now, the coolest thing about what Andrea teaches is that you will know and you will listen to this and you're going to be like, yes, this is for me. And we openly talk about on the podcast that as a parent, you get to decide what route you want to go down, what path you want to take your family on. And I think that that is an amazing concept because a lot of the times you're just going to fall into what society says, or maybe fall into the patterns that your family took. But you have the opportunity as a parent to carve your own path. And I'm so grateful that I was able to learn about elimination communication. And I think for me, as I've reflected after our interview, this is definitely an option for people and you will know it when you hear it. Like, yes, this is what I want to do. I think knowing about it now, would I have chosen it at the time? Probably not. And that's mostly because I was completely overwhelmed with my first. And you guys have heard me talk about that. I didn't know which way was up. I was completely and utterly confused on sleep and schedules and feeding and everything. And so I probably would not have chosen this even if I had known about it. But what I think is awesome is that you are going to know today. Now that we've shown you like, here's another way to potty train. And this is just a continuation of our potty training series. You're going to know if this is for you, you're going to go down this path. And so I'm so glad to just just to be able to like educate on this. So today's conversation with Andrea Olson of Go Diaper Free is amazing. And I hope that you enjoy this. Send this to a friend if you're thinking that they may be totally into it, or maybe you just want to have a conversation. Be like, can you believe this is a thing? I am grateful for Andrea's time with me today. Let's jump into the episode. Hey, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant here at Little Z Sleep, and we love sleep. We love it so much that we are on a mission to tell the world that sleep is a thing. Sleep is not a competitive badge of honor. It is not something that you have to wait and survive through and trudge through as a parent. You actually can have sleep now, and we are all about that. And here on the podcast, you will hear stories from well-rested families. You will hear troubleshooting, problem-solving, and everything in between to help your family make sleep a thing. Of course, you don't have to wait for every episode to come out, you can actually get a step-by-step sleep training plan over on littlezsleep.com slash shop. From newborn to preschool, we want to help give you the resources to increase your family's sleep every single night and ensure that your family is happy, healthy, and well-rested. Hey, I'm Andrea Olson, and I have now six babies. Um, There is a 12-year spread. Um, We're a blended family, and my newest baby, she's almost seven months old right now. Um, We have been pottying her from birth, and all five of the other ones were also pottied from birth. Um, We used diapers as a backup. By the time they were walking, around 12 or so months, um, there was a range, but around the time when they were walking, they all stopped using daytime diapers. And um, we caught most of the poops in the potty from the very beginning of all of their lives. 
And it kind of sounds weird to people who don't think beyond what did people do before diapers? And that's kind of what we do. But we use diapers as a backup. We have a very balanced way of doing it. Um, and yeah, I have been teaching um, elimination communication to new parents for the last dozen or so years, um, just to show them that there's a possibility besides just waiting to potty train until children are quote unquote ready, which is something that the diaper companies really want us to do. It comes from them. So there's this new wave of older wisdom coming back and EC is part of that. All of my kids were, um, I mean, I feel like they're pretty confident and have good self-esteem and all of that stuff and not because I'm better than any other parent or whatever, but I feel like for them, to have been able to get that need met from the very beginning has been really enriching for them and our entire family just is connected on this other level that's a possibility for everybody. And I'm excited to be here. That's a little bit about um, just where we are. And we live in Asheville, North Carolina. We have like a mini homestead here. And um, yeah, we, <laughs> we're doing our best. It's chaotic with five, six children, but um, it's, it's fun and it's wonderful. Oh, I bet it is all of those adjectives. Fun, wonderful, chaos. Yes, all the things. Stressful. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And just keep piling them on. Um, yeah. So I would love to know, people have asked me this about sleep and I don't, it's like I forget about it because it's just the beginning and I've moved on. But how in the world did you get exposed to elimination communication? Did it start with the question of like, do I have to use diapers? Because they didn't always exist. Like, how did you step into this? It actually was a friend of a friend in this sort of, I was in like this festival community kind of in the West Coast in California, people doing all sorts of weird things. And um, I was staying with a friend who was going through potty training her three-year-old. And I just remember how stressful it was and how brilliant this child was that she was still, you know, going number two in her own pants at three years old, but she was talking in sentences and she was one. And at the same time, I heard of a friend of a friend who was, instead of using diapers, they were using the sink for their baby to go pee. And I was like, huh. And this is like a newborn baby. And I was like, ooh, that sounds cool and different. And I'm in California, so I would totally do that someday if I ever have kids. Because at the time, I didn't ever want to have kids. Because I remembered um, babysitting back when I was 11, 12, 15. I was like so grossed out by having to change poopy diapers that I actually had decided I don't want children. They're disgusting. Like, I don't want babies. They're so gross. Like, they're cute, but they do all this gross stuff. You know, and... and Fact. But then Fact. when I heard... It, it, there's a lot of correct... Yeah, it's pretty true. But um, then I was like, oh, okay, wait, there's this other way. And actually, it just immediately clicked for me. I was like, okay, like, my brain went fast forward and reverse ancient wisdom, all the things. And I was like, duh. Yeah, a diaper is something that clearly with my friend who I'm like staying every month, we were doing this training program together. So I was like staying with them every weekend for 10 months and saw this girl from two to three just struggling with learning how to use the potty. My brain was just like five seconds or less, just like I'm doing that if I ever have a kid. And then when I became pregnant with my first one, I got a book on it and I read up. It didn't make any sense. So I got another book on it. And I, then I got the third book on it. And I was like, okay, this still doesn't make any sense. So when he came, I started to figure it out. And then everybody started asking me about it. But like, had I not heard of that friend of a friend doing that, I A, might not have ever had children and B, certainly wouldn't have like known or even thought to think through what are we doing with these diapers? I mean, yeah, maybe, well. but probably not. I, I feel like if you hear about it and you're pregnant or have a newborn, 
then it's kind of a rarity that I'm sort of called to change, but it's definitely not like common knowledge yet. I mean, even you and your followers are just like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that I wonder if it's going to come in waves because I feel like well, sleep is a completely different polarizing topic, but there are <laughs> waves of people who understand like, oh, I could get help with this. I didn't know I could get like, because my parents' generation and my parents would say, if I were asked them, like, did you sleep train me? They'd be like, I mean, I don't think so. I think you just slept. Like they like, don't, it's like, no, that wasn't a thing. And now it's kind of the wave of like, okay, but you could do this and I could teach you how to do it. And it's a thing. Right. And so I'm wondering if these waves will start coming where it's like, uh, where EC becomes more of like, okay, it's grassroots spreading. And, oh, that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, I could get help with that. Like little by little by little building, like that would be beautiful. But I think that what an amazing testament to the fact that you were 11 and you were like, no, I don't want kids. This is gross stuff in this diaper. I don't want any part of it. And I think that it's different. I don't know if you would agree with this. For me, I feel like it's different because it's my kids. So I'm like, ah, eh, you know what? Just bring on all your gross stuff. Like I got you. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're 11 and 12, that's the most like ah, disgusting thing. It's a turnoff. Yes. And I think it's a big turnoff the way that we have been told to modernize parenting is really a turnoff for a lot of young people who are just choosing not to have kids because they're just like, that is, that's just a hot mess. That whole thing is just hard. And yeah, I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be all doing all, it just, it doesn't have to be expensive or difficult to have a baby. Um, it's definitely, there are, there is help. We are, you and I are both the helpers for our your areas, you know, and there's multiple other helpers but like I, we have impacted hundreds of thousands of families and it's still the reason why EC might never be mainstream as a choice that your pediatrician would tell you about is because of the diaper companies. I knew there's a guy here in town in Asheville who is a retired Pampers executive. He like patented the diaper that has the cutout for the umbilical cord. Okay. He worked there for 35 years. And when I met him, I was like, oh, you're the enemy I have got to talk to you. So we had coffee. <laughs> And he was like, oh yeah, we were, nobody wanted to buy our diapers when they first came out. And, and the average age of potty training at that time, well, actually everybody was done before 18 months in 1957, 92%. So that's like almost all American babies were done potty training by 18 months old. That means they started when wow. they were walking and the parent was like, I, or the mom was like, I'm not washing any more diapers. Right. So you're using the potty and it just was what they did. Yep. Diapers were invented just a couple years later and nobody wanted them. I will not put paper on my baby is what they said. So they hired a pediatrician to do a scientific study that convinced parents to wait until there were signs of readiness or you would psychologically damage your kid. Now, if this mm. makes you mad to hear this, then good because it should. Mm. This is like they took advantage of us and within the course of two generations have completely changed the potty training age to an average of three years old now. Mm. So we are now not giving our children a choice and we're also, we're taught, it's, it's not our fault, but we are taught mm -hmm. to ignore their communication as newborns. They will scream and cry and cry and cry and cry. And you're trying to figure out all the things. What is wrong? And you try to nurse them. You try to shush them. And you try to do all the five S's and the Harvey Karp stuff and the, this and that. And you just can't figure out how to soothe this baby. And then all of a sudden they stop crying and you check their diaper and it's dirty or wet. And you're like, oh, you were crying because you needed your diaper changed. 
They were not. They were crying because they didn't want to go in their diaper. They didn't want to soil themselves or wet themselves. Mm. Now that might create a tremendous amount of guilt in some of you listening, but it should be the kind of guilt that makes you go, hey, maybe there's some aspect of this we can start doing with our baby because that communication deserves a response. And it doesn't have to be done full time. And it doesn't have to be done without diapers. Like the way I teach it is just once a day and use a diaper as a backup is way better than completely ignoring this call for help. Hmm. It is literally a call for help that the diaper companies were just like, well, you should do it this way because of this guilt, 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 whatever. Hmm. And you're going to damage your baby. And that took off. Well, what did all of the rest of human history do? When you really think about it, like we're all babies and humans ever in existence, psychologically damaged because they didn't wear diapers for three years. Right. So you start to pick it apart. It was this really, really smart marketing campaign mm. to just get us to be, and then ages and stages and longer and longer and pull-ups are diapers and we're wearing them at night till five or six. It's causing bedwetting. Mm-hmm. They, and then after talking to this gentleman, I was like, yeah, so this is what we do. And he literally couldn't talk to me for a week. And then we came back a week later and he goes, oh, okay, I see where we've taken this way too far. Mm. But I'm an investor and I own stock, so I'm not going to say anything about it, you know? <laughs> because it's like billions and billions of dollars mm-hmm. of industry. And, and never mind the fact that diapers never biodegrade. So like, we're also just ruining the environment. And, the, but it's all based on the, these companies wanted to sell us a product that helped us get out of the house. Like I have a lot of appreciation for what the disposable diaper did for us women, But it was also like, what are we doing? And are there ways to kind of like address this differently? Maybe in a, like there's a whole menu, there's a whole spectrum of what you could or couldn't do with potty training. But do you have to just like blindly do what they say, which is till three or four? That should be a decision that I think each parent should have the right information to be able to decide what they want to do for their baby. Because like my baby's in daycare right now, half days, and I'm still doing EC with her. So like during that time, they're changing diapers like normal, but at home we're doing EC. So it's like, we can get more into that, but like, I just feel like the overarching thing is why are we doing what we're doing today and how can we let more people know about it? Because if we pause and think like, there are so many things that are an- like with sleep. Mm-hmm. There's so many answers if we just like just push all of the marketing out and aside. And social media. And social media is that's marketing. It's mm-hmm. media. Yeah. It's just from your friends. So they're yep. getting you through your friends. Yeah. If we can just quiet all that for a second and just go, okay, what do I want for my baby? And then we have a tremendous amount of choice, which is amazing. You know, I Someone who's, who's, I just kind of feel like I I need to share that if someone's listening and they're struggling with all the noise, 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 you could actually just turn your phone off for a couple hours or, you know, mute it or whatever. And I think you need to sit in that question of what do I want? Because a lot of times I think we forget to be like, oh wait, I'm in control here. I could decide, am I really that exhausted or am I just reading all of the doom scrollings that people are complaining (laughs) about their child? Do I want to do EC or am I just confused because I'm watching people who say they're struggling with whatever? Like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're inundated like never before with, well, this person's doing that and this person's doing it. Like we never knew that before. I've asked my mom like uh, in the past, like, how did you know what was going on? Like, you know, with so-and-so, I was like, I didn't. 
I didn't know. You know, and I was like, right. wow. We only knew what was like- happening in our town and with our actual friends. And if somebody, there wasn't even a voicemail box back right. then, you know, like answering machine. What, what did we do before that? We called in hopes that somebody mm-hmm. was home. Mm-hmm. Like that was definitely before my time, but that was my mom's time. Yeah. And then I asked them, what did you do for potty training? What did you do for that? My yeah. grandma said, oh yeah, when kids started walking, I just started sitting them on the toilet because I didn't, and we had these little chamber pots mm-hmm. because we didn't want to have to wash those diapers. Yeah. And any kind of poop that we would catch before they started walking was bonus points. Yeah. Like there's so much knowledge that's been just lost. And it really comes down to common sense. But in this crazy chaotic world, how can you even access that common sense? There's too uh, much input. Too much, way too much input. And so I hope that somebody out there right now is like, oh yeah, you literally have the power to mute the input. You could. Take the app off your phone and just like sit with that for a month. It's it's really fun. (laughs) It is. It's the best. I do it a couple times a year and it's the best. But okay. Yeah. But um, okay. I want to ask about the signs. So I, I'm finding a lot of parallels in like sleep and potty and all these things because it's just obviously child behavior. So thinking about when you look for the signs, are there, is it different per child or is it a universal signal that you're looking for? So if you've ever looked at Dunstan baby language, I'm sure you probably have, right? Yes, no. I've heard of it. I haven't looked You've it heard too much of it. into okay, it. So it was on Oprah. There's like an old film of it on Oprah where she's like sharing. And there are all these examples of babies making different kinds of categorizable noises and cries. And the one for discomfort is the one that I actually most identify as the I need to go to the bathroom. So there's like, the, I'm tired, I'm hungry. And they're like, nah, man, nah, you know, all these different noises. So yeah, there is kind of a universal thing, but to simplify it even more is especially with a newborn baby after they wake up and they feed the first fuss after feeding first fuss after feeding is always a signal. So with a newborn wow. baby, that's going to be like five or 10 minutes after feeding, um, they're going to fuss take the diaper off, hold them over something. And where their back is leaned up against your chest. And so you don't have to like hold their head still. We're so careful with babies. And it's just like, I went to Africa in the year 2000 and like, there was nobody holding a baby's neck very carefully. Like they were dancing all over the place with newborns on their backs and stuff. And like their kids were mobile super early. Like I'm just making a generalization, but it was amazing. And I feel like we, we kind of like coddle a little bit. But anyway, when we're holding a baby in EC position, their, their neck is definitely supported by our chest. And you just kind of hold, they're like curled up in a ball anyway. You just kind of hold them by the underneath of their thighs and you say, or you go. <clears throat> so the sound of running water is for pee and the grunting is for poop. And first fest after feeding, if you do that with your newborn baby, zero to four months old, I'm um, 100% sure that they're going to pee. They're going to pee. You can hold them over the sink. You can squat in front of the toilet and hold them over that. You can hold them over a mixing bowl. You can get a top hat potty, which is what I sell, um, which is what they used to use in Asia or they still use in Asia. There are, so that's the biggest one, right? That signal. And you'll notice that it's a discomfort. Like if you're a new mom, you're trying to decode them for the, and then when you figure something out, it changes and it's like chasing a dragon. You're never going to catch it. It's, it's never going to be clear. But if I can give you kind of like little time, times that if you try it, you might be lucky and get one. The other second one would be when they wake up. So you and I have to go to the bathroom when we wake up. Mm-hmm. Every mammal does. We have a hormone we emit when we're sleeping. You know about sleep. We have a hormone that keeps us clean and dry when we're sleeping. 
And in between sleep cycles, sometimes we go to the bathroom if we're babies because Mm -hmm. why not? And there's a diaper there. So let's just do it. Some babies won't go back to sleep unless they relieve themselves first. Mm. So it can interfere with sleep if a baby's really sensitive to their need to go to the bathroom. But to not get into too much detail, when they wake up in the morning or wake up from a nap, also a great time just to offer. We call it a potty-tunity. It's an Mm. opportunity to potty. Love that. And we just offer. So that's like not a signal as much as timing. So that's why I call one of the easy catches is like when they wake up because of hormones or when they first fuss after feeding, that's definitely that fuss. You'll start to see, oh, she fusses like that in the middle of playing too. And that's a thing. Or they'll come to you when they're mobile and they'll come to you and you're just Mm. like, oh, you just want to come say hello. But they're coming to you because they need help to go to the bathroom. Mm. And that's like way more subtle. But I will give you a third one that is awesome. When the baby starts to poop. So you know that face, right? Mm -hmm. When they're starting to bear down. Absolutely. That doesn't mean the poop's all the way out yet. You haven't totally missed it. You might miss half of it. But like anybody listening, when your baby starts to poop, instead of sitting there and waiting for them to finish and then cleaning up afterwards, which is what we are trained to do, why not just say, wait, hey, wait, and open the diaper, hold them over something in that same position, which is a deep squat which is how we've all been pottied for human history in this deep squat. Then make the grunting noise over something and you will probably catch a poop or you'll get the other half of it. Once you catch a poop, the the kid is like, oh my gosh, you get me. Yes. And poop training, um, there was a study done in Amsterdam a couple years ago in our community of thousand parents. Poop training was like easy and in the bag by six months old. But Mm -hmm. my babies within a couple weeks of being born the poop training is so easy because it's instinctual, you guys. It is so, you're not just concocting this method to use with your baby. It is actually like built in because as cavemen and women, if our babies were just pooping and peeing erratically everywhere since the time they were born, do you think we would have survived as a species? Or if babies didn't know how to sleep, like, do you think that we would have gotten this far? No, we would all be Ooh. sleep deprived. Yes. So I feel like there's something that we're breastfeeding too. Like, yeah, there's, there's food that comes out that's custom made for your baby. And like, and yes, things happen. So we have to modify all that for the modern world. But I'm just saying like, that's the main things I feel like are wake ups, first fuss after feeding or poops. And that can get anybody who's listening, just started, just try one. And usually you get that first catch high and then you're like, Andrea, where are you on, on social media? I got to follow you. I got to get your easy start guide. I got to get your book. I got to get a potty and I'm, I'm there for you. So that's you and you catch one thing and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have to learn more. You don't have to go it alone. Just like Becca's there for your sleep stuff. I'm here for your potty stuff. And, and, and by the way, I just want to say like, if, if it doesn't, if you catch one and you're just like, well, that was fun, but I feel overwhelmed and I don't want to do it. That's fine. Just potty train, but do it at 18 months, not three years old. Like there's so many, like you'll Mm -hmm. see when you follow me, there are so many pathways that will work and I will support you in any of them. Mm -hmm. But just so you know, this is how, this is how EC works. It's like a rhythm and a thing that's a combination of signals and timing and stuff. Yeah. It makes a, a, while I was listening, clearly I have a seven and eight year old at this exact moment. So I did not know (laughs) any of this. Right. And especially I joke about like, I took a breastfeeding class and I toured the hospital. No one told me anything about how to get your baby to sleep. Um, You know, yeah, you get a pack of diapers at the hospital, things like that. No one's telling you any of this stuff. And then for me, it was like, 
people just rip the rug out, not people, life, you know, rips the rug out from under you. And it's like, oh, you're going to have a tongue tie and you're going to have a lot of trouble breastfeeding. Your kid's not going to sleep. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're so overwhelmed. And so I appreciate you sharing these like three times because it is so true when you can get a win that just like makes your mom heart sore. You're like, I'm doing good as a mom, right? Like we have that win, but then we also become addicted to that. Like I need to know more and I want to learn more. And this could be a good option for us. So I'm so glad you shared that because those wins mean a lot to people when they can find those cues and you connect with your baby in that. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it, and then you'll know, like, do I like this or do I not like this? Yeah. And there's literally no wrong answer. I feel like the only wrong answer is the one that you're not the only wrong decision is when you're not actually making consciously yourself. If you're just letting the diaper companies just tell you what to do and you're not really even giving it some thought, then that's, that's on you. But like all the possibilities, there's no wrong decision. You can literally do whatever you want with your baby. And with you, like I took, I've, I've been terrible at baby sleep, right? So I finally signed up for your, um, your baby and your newborn course with this baby because I was like, I'm getting too old for this. And I've got all these kids. I just need this baby to sleep, you know, and I've, I've been sucking at this. So I need to like figure out how to not suck. And so I, I took your course and it was literally just like two things that you had said that changed everything for me. Mm. And I feel like for EC, it's the same thing. Like there's something that I'm going to say mm-hmm. in one of my, my book or my podcast or whatever. And you're going to be like, oh, that was it. And you just take that one little nugget and then mm-hmm. you go with that. Yep. And that's what I've done with sleep. Like my baby is doing great with that because you were like, awake windows. And I was like, oh, duh. And I printed <laughs> out the thing and put it on my fridge. Awake windows at this age should yes. be this. And it was just like, oh, that's all it took. And oh, also don't put them to bed at this time. Put them to bed at this time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Okay. And that changes every couple months. Yes. So Mm -hmm. same with EC, like Mm -hmm. things change. And then you need, some of you might need a mentor who can be like, okay, this is what to do at this age and stuff. And man, it's just helpful because yeah, nobody teaches us how to do anything. No, no. And then we also don't have sometimes the family generational support of like, oh, well, this is what, by the time, you know, like I love my mother, but she's also forgotten, right? What, like what things were like. And I feel like that's also a gift. Like, I don't really remember today, a podcast came out two under two. I don't think I could sit down and re-record an entire new episode on how to handle two under two because my kids are now seven and eight. That time of my life is like a fog. And so it is so helpful that we have people in our community who, yes, hopefully you have friends with similar ages, but also that there's mentors, there's people, social media is not terrible. Obviously it's how we connected, but you know, there's, there's different people who can help and who can offer those things. And so I think that's awesome. I have a question and I feel like I know the answer, but I'm still going to ask it. Is there ever, is it ever, people ask me this all the time. Is it ever too late to teach my child to sleep? Is it ever too late in the baby? Like, is there an ideal time to start? Is it ever too late where you're like, oh, you're, you know, 11 months. Yeah. Sorry. You're too far gone. Like what is, what is the age preference on here? Yeah. I I usually say zero to 18 months. Um, the earlier, the better because of your own habits. So, and it's probably the same thing with sleep, right? The parent gets into the habit, not the baby necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, so zero to four months, like before they're mobile is usually easiest to start and they signal the best at that time. So you can build up your own 
habits and your confidence with it. Um, after they become mobile, it's just a little bit more of a moving target. We rely more on timing because they kind of stop signaling for a while. But we have lots of people who start right when they find out about it. And it's really literally okay to start at any time. You're just going to do slightly different things at each time, which my book covers all the different starting ages. Um, but once you get up to like, especially if your child's mobile early or whatever, and if they're really precocious, um, and a, a girl versus boy, girls are usually a little bit more straightforward. Boys are a little <laughs> more rough and tumble. And, and, and this is a generalization, but I've seen literally hundreds of thousands. These like girls kind of care about being wet a little bit more than boys do. They just let a little out and keep playing. So there's like all these things. My book comes with support with trained coaches. Like there's, it just is how you have to do it. But um, I would say when you're up there, like with a girl, 15, 16 months, with a boy around 16, 17 months, if you, if you are finding out about this at that age, I would actually start learning about potty training and then just do that because the the toddler mind changes and they really need mastery Mm -hmm. between 15 and 18 months is kind of that turning point. So that's kind of a gray zone. You can email us and just ask, oh, which book should I get? Because I do have a book for potty training and it should not take more than a week. It should not take months and months and months. It should not be child-led. Potty training is a parent-led activity. EC is more of a joint effort. So you're Mm. going to use like a call and response. Potty training is more like, nope, we're just going to stop using diapers. So I have a resource for that too. But I would say between 15 and and 18 months is where it's kind of like, you could go either way. But after 18 months, I would definitely not do EC. I've met people who've done that and it's just like, it drags on forever because there's no clear Mm. end point with Mm. potty training. And it's not like, you know, people say sleep, sleep training is so bad. It's such a bad word. And potty training is such a bad word. It should be potty learning. (laughs) I don't care what you call it. (laughs) Me neither. You're stopping using diapers and you're putting pee in the potty now. And there is a very straightforward way to do it that is gentle because it's clear. And Mm -hmm. I'm not one who's just like, let's sugarcoat it all because then the kid gets confused. We're just going to be like, no, actually we're potty training now. Yeah. So 18 months is kind of that sweet spot of let's, let's change methods. And then I would say like, if you're listening to this and you've got any child 18 months and over that now is a better time to potty train than three months from now or summertime or whatever, because kids just get harder to potty train Mm. and harder and harder and harder. And they're saying no all the time. And then eventually they turn five and they're like, okay, I'll potty train myself. So there's this like Mm. in between spot where it's just so much friction. Like, why would you wish that upon yourself? It's going to be harder if you get into the twos and threes too far. Yeah. Um, So having a good habit starting now is better. Zero to 18 months is the typical range. But the sooner in that, like if you're pregnant, um, go ahead and plan on day one, just trying it because it's so easy from the very beginning. Mm. But if you miss that, you didn't miss the whole boat. There's lots of room on the boat. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This is uh, really, I came into this conversation about like, all right, we're going to talk about EC 101. And you gave us so much of that and some great, awesome like action steps, which, you know, I'm all about that. So I appreciate that. Let us know. um, Tell everybody like, how can we connect with you? How can we find you? Yeah. 
Um, so go diaperfree.com and tinyundies.com is where you find those little newborn potties and underwear and stuff. But um, go diaperfree is my handle everywhere. And then on YouTube, it's Andrea Olson with an O, O L S O N. But go diaperfree has a, we have a podcast, we have all sorts of free resources. And then if you're just like, nope, I'm sold, I just want to do it, then definitely get my book first because that's going to give you everything you need. And um, we start with the doing because I'm also an action person. The book literally, like read the philosophy at the end of the book. It starts with what do I do today to start this awesome thing? Oh, I appreciate oh, that. By the way, oh, yeah, there's like, a free easy it. start guide. I forgot. Oh, that yeah. Guy. The free easy start guide will be if you don't want to commit to the book yet, you just want to get your little toe wet. Um, go diaperfree.com forward slash start. We'll get you that little guide to show you the ropes. Awesome. Oh man. Thank you so much for sharing this, for breaking it all down, explaining it all. I know this is going to be hugely helpful to somebody and I appreciate you being here for that. Thank you, Becca.